Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The European Le Mans series on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. It has been drying pretty rapidly. We saw some extraordinary uh, switches of time in the LMP3 session, much delayed, that's just been completed for the Michelin Le Mans Cup. So let's wait and see what kind of times they can squeeze out of these fabulous GTE cars. It's uh, a Porsche and Ferrari battle here this weekend. Uh, three apiece with two Proton cars and three Ferraris. Here's one of them, the number 55 car, Duncan Cameron's car. He shares with Matt Griffin and Aaron Scott, 55 Spirit of Race car. The dark green, deep green, white livery designed by Duncan Cameron. And uh, I'm proud of this car, quite right too. The two slate grey Proton Competition Porsche 911 RSRs and the royal blue and gold car behind there. That's the car with the EB Motors branding the team that took the title in the Michelin Le Mans Cup last year stepped up to full season in GTE Crone Racing and the unmissable Crone Green 83 car yeah and the squad from Crone Racing yet to feature on the podium this car though after a bizarre race at Silverstone one of the most complicated events I think Graham and I have commentated on with various in-race penalties to take into account the 66 won by a matter of metres, although not on the track, so tenth of on, a the, second. on the timing screen. And yep. that was all down to Spanish driver Miguel Molina, who managed to open up a sufficient gap on the chasing pack. So that has closed up the championship fight by seven points. Therefore, Proton Competition in their 88 car lead by nine over number 66. But Spirit of Race really aren't very far away in third. And the fourth-place car, the other Proton competition machine, not yet out of it either. 52 points on offer, including a point for pole in this session. And there's an indication of the sort of weather we're maybe going to get over the next, what, half an hour to 40 minutes, with three lots of 12 minutes still to come. They're normally 10-minute sessions, these, in the ELMS qualifying, but two extra minutes added because of the length of the circuit. 13 degrees Celsius ambient temperature, track temperature not much higher than that at 15. There's a 65% chance of rain with an 8 kilometer per hour wind bringing that cloud closer to the track. Rain light, certainly the order of the day, and possibly wet weather tyres as well, as these cars are prepared on the apron of the Grand Prix pit lane. This is where all these cars will be stopping and where all the teams are based for the weekend as well. Yep, the only predictable thing about the weather at Spa is its unpredictability, and we've had... Nine, More than a flavour of that. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Pit exit is green. Qualifying for LMGT has started. Track has been declared wet. All cars must have the rain lights on. I do remind you of slippery track between T4 and T5 on driver's left-hand side, especially approaching T5. So off goes Tracy Crone, first in the queue in number 83. In the 
in the EB Motors car it is Riccardo Perra, the 19-year-old Italian. We've got Matt Griffin at the wheel of the number 55 Ferrari, the spirit of race car, about to overtake Tracy Crowley early on in the session. Also into the session goes Miguel Molina for JMW Motorsports, and we wait to see who is driving the two Proton Competition Porsches. So uh, 11 minutes left in this session. And uh, Proton clearly holding both of their cars. A bit of space. Squeeze the very best out of what will be tricky conditions. Remember, all Dunlop shot in this session. And the nice thing about the season so far is that we haven't had one car take two pole positions yet. Uh, the 88 has had a turn front of the grid, likewise the 66 Ferrari. We've also seen poles for the 77 Proton Porsche and the number 80 EB Motors car too. So can we get a fifth different pole sitter in only in five races, five events, I wonder? Well, Matt Griffin's going to be trying what he can do to do exactly that, isn't he? It uh, has been a real nip and tuck season. We've had some fabulous racing between these guys. Right, that uh, technical challenge of the running penalties last time around was something very different, uh, but even back to the very first race of the season, and, and a stunning battle to determine who would actually take the, the, the win at uh, Paul Ricard. Inches the gap on the final lap. One thing for sure about JMW Motorsport, they had to work hard for both of their victories oh, good grief, yes. so far. And on both occasions, it was the 88 following them home. So they were able to open, open up a little bit of a championship lead after the first two races. The thing that cost them was the non-finish at Red Bull Ring when the car conked out towards the end of the lap when Liam Griffin was driving it, I seem to remember. Absolutely. And that non... I mean, in a series with only six races, a non-finish costs you massively. And... Uh, I forget now, it was drivetrain related, I think. That, uh, yeah, gearbox, I think yes. it possibly was. And not the first time, I'm afraid, GMW have had those kind of problems. I seem to remember at the last race of the season, two, three years ago. In uh, Portugal. Uh, where they stood to, to win the, the championship at a canter. Yeah. And it was just a horrible, bitter goal, wasn't it, for them? But uh, just nine minutes left. Matt Griffin starts his flying lap staying off the area where in the previous session Pierre Giuseppe Perizzini in his number 71 Ferrari had a strange incident where the car just turned left without any warning at all for the Italian driver and it slammed into the barrier a most bizarre incident with just one car involved and it meant a long long time for the barrier to be repaired and also quite a bit of mopping up to be done there of oil and other fluids so the driver's sensibly staying to driver's right and avoiding that whole patch. Running so far and uh, for the most part in the LMS it's been done in, well, uh, either uh, track conditions that are wet or drying. And it's been very much a Porsche uh, affair so far. Matt Griffin is the man that's going to be looking to change that storyline uh, in just eight and a half minutes time. Can he do so? We'll wait to see. Matteo Caroli is now out and aboard the number 88 Proton Competition car. Dennis Olsen aboard the Sister 77 car. Both have been extremely quick so far this season. And Riccardo Perra is uh, just over two tenths of a second faster than Griffin through that first sector. But Griffin's gone very quickly indeed through sector two. Matteo Cairoli, somebody to look out for as well in the number 88 Porsche. Cairoli cannot be 
GTE Drivers' Champion because he missed a round when Jimmy Bruni slotted in at Monza to join the Roda father and son team. But Cairoli is going to be working incredibly hard to ensure that Gianluca and Giorgio can be champions this year for Proton. They've got quite a bit more work to do, though, just nursing this nine-point championship lead. So first flying lap of the session goes to Matt Griffin. It's just under 218. It's 217.977. But we've got uh, a of gaggler cars coming towards the end of the lap. First of those is going to be Ricardo Perra. He had to deal with a little bit of traffic. Will that have stopped him from grabbing that provisional pole position? The answer is no, it didn't. It's a 217.305. So 217.3 for Perra. 217.9 for Griffin. 2.26. Tracy Crown looking to find his way here. The next one through will be Miguel Molina. He goes through the 2.18.6 and that puts the JMW car third. So Eddie Motors from Spirit of Race from JMW, then Crown Racing. And we're waiting now for the first offering from Matteo Caroli and Dennis Olsen aboard these two Proton cars. The decision from Crone will be deliberate, though, to put Tracy out there, the American. He's the bronze-graded driver, but getting used to this track in slippery conditions when there's less, there are fewer cars out on track as well. And Nick Johnson, yes, OK, could put the car on the front row, but Tracy's still with everything to gain. The other driver in that combination is Mr Ferrari, really, Andrea Bertolini. There's that famous one in the film about bringing a, a gun to a knife fight. Well, a proton competition, Matteo Caroli, a border howitzer, 215 1.6 seconds quicker on the first offer from Matteo Caroli. Just under six minutes to go. Dennis Olsen uh, is on his fly right now. So Caroli, Perra, Griffin, Molina... Crone and then Dennis Olsen still to actually get a, a score on the uh, score on the door, uh, but it is a Porsche front row at the moment with five and a half minutes remaining in this 12 minute session. And of all the pole sitters this year, three of them have been Porsches, only the one for Ferrari for JMW Motorsport, the Liam Griffin, Alex, De Alex McDowell, and Miguel Molina. Uh, combination. They come good in the races though, and 66 might be the best qualifying Ferrari by the end of this. But Matt Griffin, no relation to Liam by the way, is pedalling very, very quickly in the all green 55. Be assured of that. Lost a little bit of time there in the middle of the sector, did the Irishman. However, Spaniard Molina now just heading through curve Paul Frere with the tyre wall right on the edge of the track there, but he keeps it. Uh, inside the kerbing and now heads towards Blanchemont underneath the advertising hoardings. News coming by the way uh, just uh, yesterday evening in a chat with team uh, team owner Jim McWhorter from JMW they're taking a look to see whether or not a move in the latter part of 2019 to the World Endurance Championship might be on the horizon for JMW Motorsport something that Jim and his faithful crew have looked at before let's wait and see there's a bit of time to go before then right now they'll be fully focused on a championship run here as the two proton competition cars come together on track not literally but uh, the pass is made 77 in the hands of Jed Dennis Olsen goes through this is his run to improve his grid position Perra uh, goes through has improved just takes another tenth and a half off his best time Molina meanwhile leapfrogs uh, Matt Griffin Griffin's been in and out of the pits we've got four minutes remaining here is Olsen where's this going to leave him Caroli tops the times Olsen goes second so it's a 1-2-3 now for Porsche but more importantly for Christian Reed and Co it is a proton competition front row 
88 from 77. The gap, eight tenths of a second. Molina had that lap deleted, so that drops him back down to fifth position. That was lap three, and as you say, Olsen now makes it a proton 1-2 as Molina maybe runs a little bit deep into Bruxelles. Now, I think he had everything in hand there. You can treat that as two separate corners, effectively, and cut in for the first apex, let the car wash out mid-corner, and then cut back again for the second bit of it. Then head for speaker's corner, the left-hander, doesn't strictly have a name on any track map that I've seen at Spa, but it's called Speaker's Corner because it's the corner that's visible from the commentary box from the main start line. Through Pouin, the double left-hander, and then on towards Lafania, and all the weight shifts to the front of the Ferrari as it slows. And up over the kerb there goes Molina. He's leaving nothing on the table here, but Porsche's first, second, and now third, with Perez slotting into the second row in EB Motors number 18. Speaker's Corner yet to give its official moniker of Jackie X Corner. Is that what was about to happen, wasn't it, this year? I must check that. Two and a half minutes remain. 2.15.6 is the mark. Matteo Caroli uh, is the man with that as well. It doesn't look to me as if anybody at the moment is in a position to challenge that uh, directly. Let's wait and see, though. Dennis Olsen might have different ideas. 88 from 77, then 80 and 55. Matt Griffin... Uh, back out and have another crack at this. We'll have probably one more flying lap at it. Miguel Molina about to cross the line. Can he improve from his 218.676? He does and goes fourth. Uh, 217.8. So he just takes a, set, uh, a tenth and a half of a second out of Matt Griffin. Griffin, though, will be looking to improve. Uh, before the end of this session, which has got now two minutes to run, Johnny Palmer. Yep, and it's all about Porsche 911 RSRs right now with their four-litre flat sixes as into the bust-up chicane comes car 77. Uh, Kai Rowley still circulating, but well off the pace on this lap. I just wonder whether he thinks he's done enough here for another pole position of the season as Olsen then goes over the line in car 77. Ricardo Perra in EB Motors is somewhere in the middle sector of the lap and the JMW Motorsport Ferrari, although going very quickly, Miguel Molina at the wheel, it is unlikely to improve, at least go quicker than the Porsches on this lap. The key, I think, here is going to be the battle between the two fast men in the Ferraris. Uh, at the moment, it looks like the two chasing Porsches are just nibbling away at the gap, but not to the point where that's... Uh, 215.654 at the moment looks under any real threat. Uh, the key is going to be, I think, this first sector time now from the number 77 car. Uh, 88 car has pitted. Yep. We've got 50 seconds to go. If this could be a lap at pace and on the pace, if it's not, that might be game over for pole position. Well, Kai Rayleigh thinks he's done enough because off-camera just gave his uh, mechanic a high-five. He's stepping into the garage and they're already starting to celebrate down at Proton Competition because Dennis Olsen uh, is still to come around. A 39.260 is his time through the first sector. That's dropped about two-tenths compared to Kai Rayleigh's time. And let's face it, even if disaster struck and Dennis Olsen did go faster, it would still be a pole for the other team's car. So the other, cars uh, the other car in the team, I mean, and we will see whether there's a late change of position in this session. There's also third and fourth places up for grabs because last time around, Ricardo Perra did manage to find improvement, as did Miguel Molina. What about, though, Matt Griffin, who's no slouch, as we know. He's up during this lap. 
So car 55 for Spirit of Race, chasing that pole position for the season, a first one, and it looks unlikely considering... Matteo Cairoli's pace through the right, through the left now, the bus stop chicane. The chequered flag is waved in to the 55 Ferrari and it will be an improvement. Fourth position for Matt Griffin and he jumps ahead of the JNW Motorsport 488. But that is two seconds all but a tenth off the pole position time. Uh, it's pretty clear to me the Porsches do have an advantage here uh, this weekend. Track conditions the nature of the track and maybe a little bit of balanced performance in their favour here and not by a tenth or two so that is going to be I'm sure something which the Ferrari boys will want to comment on post-session but not, not getting away though of the achievement from Matteo Caroli because okay whether or not the Porsches have got an advantage he had the advantage over his peers in the Porsches seven tenths of a second it was we've got uh, father and son from the, the roaders there Giorgio on the right Gianluca on the left 215.654 though for the man in the middle Matteo Caroli gives him pole position in GTE yep. and a second pole of the year for the 88 car the 88 crew here is EB Motors number 80 again this is the new GTE machine so uh, as a uh, as we go further through the years this car now being made available to customers it used to be just the works entry of course with that engine and gearbox configuration reversed so the gearbox now sits rearward of the engine and over that rear axle it's changed the weight balance of the Porsche but clearly it is the car to have this weekend in terms of single lap speed the Porsche generally been quicker throughout the course of the year with just that one pole coming for JMW Motorsports in Austria and that was their first pole at the time since about 2010 so JMW Motorsport don't necessarily feature as the quickest in on a Saturday but they have had two race wins on a Sunday and that means they're definitely in the championship fight so to extend their championship by another point are the crew from number 88 let's hear from the man who's just set the time with our, our very own Charlie George down in the pit lane she's chatting to Matteo Cairoli well, Matteo, congratulations. Second pole of the season for the number 88 car. Yeah, amazing. Just amazing lap. I mean, I was uh, super impressed because the car was running perfectly. So the team did an amazing job. Um, I was a bit emotional during the lap because I did everything right. And actually, when you do uh, a qualifying, so it's, it's pretty tough that you, that, you, um, that you do everything perfect. But this time was, uh, was like this, and I'm super happy about that. Porsche are looking very strong here at Spa this weekend. Yeah, actually, yes. I mean, we can see on the monitor that the Porsche are leading the pack now. And I think um, we have a good chance for tomorrow. Thank you and good luck. Thank you. 22-year-old Matteo Cairoli, a gold-graded driver from Como in Italy and unstoppable in that session. Seven thousand seven hundreds no seven tenths i'll get there in a minute seven tenths of a second faster than anybody else and it is exactly seven tenths as well over the sister car number 77 dennis olsen who uh, doesn't hang around in a porsche either let's face it uh, and it's porsche's first second and third on the grid here are the times 215.654 and seven tenths of a second faster than dennis olsen's effort in 77 third fastest number 80 the eb motors porsche of ricardo perra and then the ferraris jmw motorsport ahead of spirit of race and crone racing so was that a late deletion i wonder of 
uh, Matt Griffin's time, or did Molina go through to improve again? No, it must have been a deletion. I think it was yep. for the Irishman, so he celebrated that fact, and he had that final lap taken from him, Matt Griffin, so it'll be JMW Motorsport to start fourth ahead of Spirit of Race and Crone Racing, but we must turn our attention now to an 18-car field in the LMP3 category. The championship is headed by RLM, RLM Sport and their Ligier of John Ferrano, Jot uh, van Utert and Rob Garrafall. And championship could be sealed this weekend, but it's tight. Just 12 points separate them from the number 11 Euro International squad. And United Autosport's not out of it yet either. At least the number three car isn't with Tony Wells, Garrett Christ and Matt Bell. Yep, well, we've had 19 LMP3 cars on track earlier this afternoon for the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Here's a further 18 to throw into the mix. A festival of sports car racing here at Spa-Francorchamps. This uh, tends to happen when the ELMS Michelin Le Mans Cup are in town. But uh, in terms of the championship, these are the big boys. This is the European Le Mans Series uh, European Championship. The 13 to Europol squad. Another team, by the way, announcing this week that they will be stepping up to LMP2 next year. Uh, things are looking good for the future of this championship with a number of teams looking to expand or upgrade the machinery they bring to what's been a thoroughly entertaining season, Johnny. Yeah, it's been fun to watch teams like into Europol competition of Poland because they started with one car in the ELMS, uh, in the LMP3 level, then acquired another Ligier JSP3, and now it's a Ligier P2 car that they've bought, isn't it? It's a Ligier P2 car. They've also announced that they'll be taking one of their P3 cars to the Asia Le Mans series. This is what track we're seeing for a number of these mm. teams as they're seeing the opportunity that's offered by the kind of staircase uh, that's provided now globally with the continental championships in Europe and Asia. Uh, with the WEC, with the, the Michelin Le Mans Cup beyond that, and uh, the number of teams that are actually making their way up through there, whether or not it's bringing their LMP3 cars into uh, the European Le Mans series, whether or not it's swapping LMP3 cars for an LMP2 car, or adding uh, campaigns, it, it is a, a plan that's beginning to work. Yeah, just a quick glimpse there of the AT Racing machine, that's another Ligier, AT Racing Austrian-based, Alexander Talkenitzer, senior and junior, joined by Jan Clary again this weekend, rather than Mikkel Jensen, as has been the case in the past. Still looking for their first podium of the season. Here's the number five, Nefis by Speed Factory Machine, tenth in the championship. Yep, been making big strides forward this team as well. They were, it has to be said, pretty much also runs last year. Not this year, they've been in the thick of things. And, uh, Looking for those good results, we'll start to see some breakthrough things from the uh, from the five crew. Yeah, a couple of top sixes along the way with their Russian and Ukrainian driving lineup of Bogoslavsky, Chuklin, and Pronenko. Confound there, standing, uh, talking to one of the United team technicians. That means his teammate is aboard the. Uh, the number two car and that by the way this weekend will not be Sean Rahal uh, Sean not well enough to be here if you're listening in and watching in Sean Sean hope you get uh, well soon instead it's uh, Scott Andrews Australian driver stepping aboard the number two car for this weekend and Scott new to the ELMS and yeah, yeah. he has done just about everything else in an yes. LMP3 car but not the ELMS that's right he raced in the Michelin Le Mans Cup previously, the Asia Le Mans Cup, the Asia Le Mans Series rather, the Asia Le Mans Sprint Cup and the Gulf 12 Hours 
in LMP3 machinery, but not in the European Le Mans series. This will be his competitive debut in just a few minutes' time. And he's also not raced with United Autosports before either, but that's a team that uh, he can fit into very uh, quickly. Indeed, I'm sure the Anglo-American squad based up in Yorkshire in the UK but with strong ties to the other side of the Atlantic as well. Yep, ultimate there, the uh, beautiful cherry red and white liveried Norman now, another team that switched allegiance in terms of chassis from Leisure at the start of this year and another team looking onwards and upwards, the three-man crew in the ultimate uh, car will be joining another team joining the Angel Mont series in LMP2 for the winter season and working on their plans for next year which they hope, finance willing, might see them uh, take a step up. Six car there. One minute, start qualifying for LMP3. Under one minute, to go green at pit exit for qualifying session. Busy day down at the karting track as well, to the right of Curve Paul Frere. You get a great view uh, when you get a t- chance to do a track walk around here on the Thursday of that very complex karting track. And when the pros turn up there, it is a sight to behold. I remember catching that late on a Sunday night uh, last year. Uh, something like 30-odd carts hammering around there at breakneck speed. We're in the middle of a beautiful countryside, though, here at Spa-Francorchamps. Green Meadows nearby. There's the number 11 car, second in the championship. Now, coming here... Three seconds to go green. ...off the back of a 16th place at Silverstone. So that's just sent them off a little bit as far as their championship challenge is concerned. But Mattia Drudi was a real star Nine, at Silverstone, second-generation Italian racer. Five, four, three, two, one, three, it three. Yeah, Drudi stays with your international, but I think they switch cars. Uh, I think that's right. He uh, was in the other car, switch cars yesterday. Put a moment there for the ultimate car. With the grip. Let's go through the hay for that... Uh, Ultimate number 17. So we'll see the drivers we can confirm. There's Borger in the number 4 car racing Ligier. Ross Kaiser is aboard the 360 racing car, the number 6. Uh, Jan Clary it is in the uh, the AT racing car. Ponzio in the Oregon team, the rainbow coloured uh, Norma. So Drudy in the number 11 new international car. Dayson in the 12. Kuba Chimowski in the 13 into Europol car. Jutlan Utet in the 15. The RLRM Sports Championship leading car. Draconi in the BHK Ligier, the 16. To the hay we've already spotted there aboard the Ultimate Norma. BL in the 18 M Racing Weimar car. David Drew in the 19, the Norma. And uh, emerging since then Scott Andrews we've spotted Matt Bell in the number 3 United Autosports car that is the car in championship contention at the moment for United and uh, it is Chutlin in the Nevis by Speed Factory car we saw the 5 car on pit lane a little earlier Clean in the returning uh, DKR engineering car they're very welcome back and we're still waiting for the introduction into proceedings of the number 7 Ikuri Goss Nielsen car and it is going to be Colin Noble that emerges aboard that car. So that's your 18, and this is set to be a very busy session, although we're at to the longest track we visit all year, so there should be a little bit more real estate available to these drivers. Two extra minutes as well in order to get that installation lap and out that done. 
So with 10 still on the clock, here come then the first cars to be released from the pit lane. Ultimate in their red and white livery going through the bus stop chicane and to head across the line, Mathieu Lahaye, who's generally been the quickest of those three drivers, the others being Jean-Baptiste, brother, and Francois Herriot, who has hot-footed it, from, will have to hot-foot it from one car to another across the weekend, but he's not on qualifying duty, so he can cool off now after a very much delayed Michelin Le Mans Cup qualifying session for the P3s. On board we go with Colin Noble, who's also on double duty this weekend for Akira Kost Nielsen, heading towards the left-hander, and Pouin stretches out in front of him. Uh, they held uh, Colin in that car before coming out, looking for a bit of space, I'm sure, for him to express himself a little aboard the number seven. Curry Cross, one of these teams that are really getting better and better and better with this LMP3 machinery. There's Colin not with Alistair McCaig in the ELMS, it's Alex Capadia and Christian Olsen instead. They've had a couple of second-place finishes through the season. Red Bull Ring and Silverstone, so sixth in the championship, and therefore 19 and a half off the leaders. Uh, there's still a lot of cars that still are basically in contention here, should results fall their way, with well, 50 still on offer. As always with a short season, you know anybody in a pretty dominant position is just one really bad result away from a massive drama. Absolutely. Uh, should say, by the way, on the... Uh, first flying lap, first to be pinged for track limits. It's going to be Ross Kaiser. The 360 racing car is going to have the current lap deleted. Track limits at turn four. So we should guard ourselves from being too excited by anything that uh, Fred Ross is doing on that lap. So Noble has gone through. That was his out lap. Likewise, Marvin Klein for DKR Engineering. Everybody now on their first flying lap. That means that only eight minutes of real potential fast lappery remain. And the very first to come through, I think, may well be the first to come through, is going to be Mathieu Lehaye. Number 17 ultimate car. And this will be there or thereabouts come seven and a half minutes time. And car 17 uh, has two pole positions to their name already, Mathieu Lahaye. I think he did both of them, actually, earlier on in the season. So 2.14.687 immediately for Mathieu Lahaye. Jörg von Utter briefly goes second, but he's just uh, nudged down to third. Because it's Anthony Borger for the number four cool racing squad, a 2.15.0, so four-tenths the difference. Uh, von Utter a further couple of tenths back, but then that gap split again by Jan Clary in the AT racing cars. At the moment, Norma leads... Uh, the order, the ultimate number 17 car. Then it's a gaggle of Ligiers, Borger, Clary, Van Utert, Cool Racing 80, Norrell RM Sports. But Trudy, the uh, star from last time out, does it again, uh, is the best of the Ligier runners right now. He goes through the 2.15.035, still three and a half tenths down on the Hayes time, but the best of the Ligiers. So it's La Haye from Trudy, Borger, Clary, Van Utert. Yeah, Mattia, son of Luca Drudy, who has had loads of experience in endurance racing, several 24 hours of Le Mans visits together with Spa and Daytona as well. Scott Andrews, though, going to the top of the times now, new to the ELMS, new with United Order Sports, John Faub's teammate, though, at a 214.517 then 
from the Aussie and it's two from 17 from 11 you top three in the early stages so that's a great start to the run for United Autosports from Scott Andrews did say he wasn't really dialed into the car earlier today doesn't show Scott 214.5 is the uh, time for everyone else to beat Matthew Lahey though is going quicker on this time around Colin Noble goes up second now it's it's half a tenth is the gap at the head of the field between Scott Andrews and Colin Noble United Autosports number two Mikuriakos Nielsen number seven Lahey though is quicker than both of those men at the moment on this his second flying lap he's uh, just a few minutes a few seconds away from completing that We've got five and a half minutes remaining and there are blue and purple sector times absolutely everywhere. Unsurprisingly, because this is always how the LMP3 session unwinds in the ELMS and we have all sorts of different names at the top of the times as Mathieu LaHaye goes back through. He says, no, you don't, to Scott Andrews. I want my third pole of the year and it's a 213.634 as David Drew slots in behind the Ultimate car. So now 17 fastest, 19 second quickest and Scott Andrews relegated to third. Norma plays Norma, then most of the Ligiers on the planet uh, before we get into a couple of uh, normas just outside the top ten Mathieu Lahaye, eight tenths of a second all but a smidge ahead of David Drew, Scott Andrews about to finish his second flying lap Drudy goes through though, he grabs second, half a second back now, Lahaye, Drudy, Drew Scott Andrews I don't think he's going to improve on this lap Jan Clary has put himself between Andrews and Colin Noble. Noble, remember, running into further back on the road from this group. Matt Bell goes up into fifth position for United Autosports. Yes, yeah, so the two United Autosport cars are together now on the screen, fourth and fifth fastest, and they are in search of their first pole of the year in LMP3, that team are. So let's see whether Scott Andrews has got anything else up his sleeve. He is going to have to wait till the next lap as heading to Blanchemont Corner very fast indeed is the number seven car, Ikuria Cost Nielsen, driven by Colin Noble. Not going the way, by the way, of the championship leaders in the 15 RLRM Sport car. Jörg van Utzet is 11th and is going to have the current lap deleted for track limits. And Matteo Lohey, though, is purple sector again in the first sector. Colin Noble goes second quickest. Leaving that car in to get a little bit of space is paying dividends. Four tenths of a second uh, back from Mathieu Lahaye. So the 17 from the 7, then the 11, then the 8. That's the top four. Norma, Ligier, Ligier, Norma. And the best qualified car so far in the championships, uh, top three, is the number 11. Welcoming Mathieu Drudy, as you say. He raced the number 12 car. Uh, at Silverstone, but switched to number 11 this weekend. Here comes the number 15 car, the championship leader then, RLR M Sport. This is, a, this is the lap going to be deleted, This though. is lap three, we're told. Uh, lap uh, four is going to be deleted this uh, this lap, I believe. And uh, that's going to be bad news because Renuta has improved to fourth, but I think that lap is going to going to go. Keep an eye on that one. Yeah. So that was decided early on in the lap if it was uh, discretion maybe at the source or Eau Rouge watching the third place man at the moment Rudy is on a flyer looks like that's going to be good enough for at least second he's going to be crossing the line in just a few moments time Johnny yep out of the bus stop and over the line comes Trudy in that all black then or dark blue your international car and it goes second fastest 65 thousandths of a second separating Mathieu Lahaye from 20 year old Mathieu Drudy 
Now, Matilda Hay still going quickly, quicker in the first sector than Drudy there, but uh, not as quick as he's gone before. So Matilda Hay still out there and punching. What has Drudy got to offer? He just needs to find a tenth to make the difference between being on the front row, being on pole position. And what has anybody else got to offer here? Decar Engineering in the hands of Cleant. That car is fifth quickest. Quite as quick in the middle sector as the best of Ligiers. The Oregon Norma now heading out of Bruxelles corner and through the left-hander at speakers. Car 10 is 14th fastest and currently doing the qualifying is Poncio. That's Ricardo Poncio, the silver in the combination, 21 years old. Lots of young talent coming through in LMP3 and that was always the case really when this Tiber racing this category was first born to try and get kids that uh, are focused on a single-seated career to tell them, OK, you can race two-seaters as well just as quickly. A big puff of tyre smoke there from Poncio as he gets the car stopped for Campus Corner. So no major improvements in the last couple of minutes. Jovanita stays fourth with that lap. May well have been the earlier lap, in which case he lost. So, ultimate, your international, Akuria Cost Nielsen's number seven car, the 15 from RRR Sport. DKR Engineering, M Racing YMR, as the uh, Mathieu Lahaye ducks out of this lap and pits the car. AT Racing, and then the two United Autosports cars. That is your top ten. A little bit of reshuffling here. That's Cleon. Just closed down a little by David Drew. Ross Kaiser bit, uh, leaps up the timing screens from down the bottom just a lap or two ago. He's into the top seven now. Clock about to time out. So from here on in, just ten seconds time, we're going to be into cars finishing their runs, Johnny. Yeah, and Ultimate already in, maybe doing a... Matteo Cairoli here, figuring we've done enough, but it's only 65 thousandths of a second that they rest on. But Drudy went through with about one second on the clock. He has this lap to potentially improve that time. Yeah. Standing out of the source now and down towards turns two and three at uh, Eau Rouge. There's also improvement in the early part of the lap from David Drew in the number 19 M Racing YMR Norma and from Ross Kaiser at the wheel of the Ligier from 360 Racing. And also not that far away on a lapse time so far, Colin Noble, still sitting third, goes through with a quicker time in the middle sector than the pole position man uh, actually managed. Not quite as quick in sector one. There's a couple of tenths in this. So Colin Noble's time, could he close up there, close down on the two front row sitting cars at the moment? What can David Drew do on this, the last flying lap of the session for each of these right drivers? Here comes Noble. He does close in, but not enough into the 2.13s, but he's still three and a half tenths back. David Drew looks to me, and Ross Kaiser uh, looks to me to be the men potentially to challenge up. Manute is having a crack at the end here as well with a stellar middle sector. Half a second quicker than Matthew LaHaye's best. That is going to put that car very close. It is. He's lost about a second, though, I think, in, in the, the first, first sector. sector. Yeah. That's the problem. A 39.4. Compare that to Mathieu LaHaye's 38.6. And LaHaye's car now sits in the pit lane. But Jokmanu could still extend maybe into the top 
three and possibly a front row start up for grabs. Kaiser goes third. Kaiser goes third. Leapfrocks Colin Noble right at the end. And Van Uttert over the line, but fifth because of Kaiser's improvement. So it's going to be for the championship leaders no better than fifth. And we may still see cars leapfrog that machine in the dying stages. The clock is now at zero. The chequered flag being displayed, but Mattia Drudy is going to be just about the last car over the line here. He is. He's not going to improve. He's 16, uh, 14 and 11 still to come across the line and finish the session. But you reckon he's lost too much time, the yes, young Italian. Yes, he lifted off, uh, he lifted off uh, in the, on the last lap there. More or less done there, Johnny. That was impressive stuff from Mathieu Lehay. Attacked that session from the very off. Absolutely, and by far the best qualifier this year because that is a third pole position for the season for Ultimate. Mathieu Lehay now speaking to Charlie George. Well, Matthew, congratulations. Pole number three, you must be delighted with that. Yeah, we are very, very happy because uh, all the team did a good job. We had some engine problems during the pre-practice, so we didn't know exactly where we where was the pace compared to the other car. But, uh, yeah, we we really, really had a, a great car. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I, did a, I managed to do a good lap without any traffic. And uh, yes, it was a very good lap. I'm so happy for the team. What are the conditions like out there? No, it's, it's OK. The, the track is nearly dry uh, in uh, every part of the track. And uh, no, we'll see tomorrow because uh, I think tomorrow it will be another, another deal with uh, a lot of rain. So, but we are good uh, under the rain too, so it's OK. Thank you. Mathieu Lehay with fantastic English, as uh, is the case in the whole of the, Mathieu, uh, the, whole of the Lehay family. And it's very much a Lehay um, kind of uh, a team going there with, as far as uh, Jean-Baptiste and Mathieu, the brothers, but also I think it's Mathieu's wife, who is the uh, team manager there and other members too involved in getting that team uh, up there in terms of the ratings. They are topping the times then in this qualifying session but still looking for their first win of the year come the races uh, they are fastest by 65 thousandths of a second then than the number 11 car of Euro International second in the championship and therefore out qualifying other drivers that are well placed in the rankings including RLR who have only qualified fifth with Jot van Oetert at the wheel of the RLR M Sport car and third position for the number uh, three, where is that in the qualifying times? They're tenth place, and they uh, enter this race third in the championship. So Matt Bell did his level best in the United Autosports Ligier, but that struggled a little bit too. Scott Andrews out qualifying the system machine, new to the ELMS, but uh, Scott managing to put the United Autosports number two car eighth fastest. Again, a really mixed-up grid, and it's set to be a mixed-up race tomorrow once the rain hits. Machilahey sort of alluding to the fact that we have potentially a passing thunderstorm which could really interrupt matters tomorrow and maybe in the final hour as well. Uh, worth saying, by the way, top 10 cars within a single second and uh, 11th car just a smidge over that. So it's close run stuff in the first two, of course, those, uh, the top two cars in that session, basically half a tenth of a second apart with Ross Kaiser closing to under a quarter of a second back from that. So it's tight stuff. It's not going to take much. And we've seen, even if we get a smattering of rain in uh, the race tomorrow, that is really going to throw uh, some real variables into the, into the mix. One not to miss. Certainly so. And 
we now get to the fastest cars in this triple header qualifying session because it's LMP2s next and 16 of them as this is a really growth area of the grid in modern day European Le Mans series racing. The calendar announced only yesterday for 2019 with a change of venue rather than a trip to Red Bull Ring in Austria we're going to Barcelona in Spain of next year at the Circuit de Catalunya with a first visit for uh, this championship under the branding of European Le Mans series the LMS has been there many times before the last race there 2009 so it's been a bit of a break and as the grid continues to improve really in terms of numbers uh, we have got uh, a great future for the LMS for coming years it's looking like the 26 car though is on course for a championship mainly because nobody can prevent it from winning right now it's on the back of three victories Monza, Red Bull Ring and Silverstone and therefore this 34-point lead that it has over Spanish squad racing engineering in their first championship year in the ELMS. More familiar in single-seater type racing, but great to have those guys as part of the championship. And it's Hidex Sport who are third with Paul Lafargue, I think back from a back injury that prevented him from racing at Barcelona in another championship a few weeks ago. Paul Luchata and Memo Rojas complete the lineup at Edec. Yep, we've got the number 49 Delara here, uh, the Polar Seafood and the uh, Scandinavia Paint liveried car. New livery last time around for the good-looking Delara of high-class racing. But, uh, yeah... Lots of factors to chuck into this, isn't there? We've got the fabulous 4.2-litre V8 Gibson engine in the back of all of these cars, but uh, a mix of Delara, uh, Ligier, and the Orica chassis that's been really dominating, but also increasingly uh, a tyre battle between the Dunlop runners and the Michelin runners. And there is a change here uh, to report, because United Autosports, having battled all year to find something to unlock the code, of the Oricas they've been banging heads with all, all year have made the call for the remaining two year uh, two races of this season uh, to change the tyres I suspect because of the example set by the Palace Bartes team we're looking at that car right now and the uh, very good pace that they managed to squeeze out of the number 23 car so both the 22 and the 32 uh, Ligiers are on Michelin rubber here this weekend Therefore, it's almost a 50-50 split now in the LMP2s. Nine Dunlop runners and seven Michelin runners with the addition of those two United Autosport machines. And at times, Michelin has proved to be the quicker tyre, particularly for the Ligier chassis. I just spotted another change on the screen there. Now, Aurelien Panis is uh, uh, the, the son of Olivier Panis, of course, team principal at Panis Bartes. Aurelien, though, will be uh, contesting this race in the number 27, Edexport Ligier uh, just spotted there as well Nick Manazin is listed against the car now which he wasn't yesterday no you're right uh, doing all the testing it was Panis as far as I know uh, but we'll see whether that has changed late on car that missed Silverstone round last time round uh, but back now with Panis Junior yep Manazin the older uh OK, that's interesting. Well, we'll wait and see whether there's been a change, but uh, Olivier Panis, father of Aurelien, of course, here with his own team as well, Panis Bartes Competition, who have taken a pole position this year with the number 23 car, Will Stevens doing that time. It's a car that he shares with Tim Bure 
and Julien Canal. So there's been a pole for 23, there's been a pole for car 21, the Dragon Speed Orica, and there's also been two poles for the Edex Sport car, number 28 of Paul Lafar, Paul Chata and Memo Rojas. Alfonso de Bourbon, the uh, team principal at Racing Engineering. Winners first time out. Uh, there you go. <laughs> cheery, cheery chap. Spanish nobleman of some repute. And of Indeed. course, this team moving over from, well, well single-seater racing at almost the very highest level. GP2 and F2 had their successes there. When we go, though, Johnny, for what will be just 12 minutes yep. set for pole position at spa function. Yeah, and two of those will be all about the outlap. And, uh, of course, the fight to the end of the pit lane as well, which has already been won by Duquesne Engineering. Car 29 then being driven by Nelson Pantitici. They're in search of their first pole of the year. And as more and more cars emerge from the Grand Prix pit lane, we'll put some names against cars. For instance, Ben Hanley, the Mancunian, will be driving number 21, the Dragon Speed Orica. Will Stevens is at the wheel of Panas Bartes Competition's Ligier. Norman Nato driving Racing Engineering's Orica. That's the very Spanish squad with the Spanish livery, the red and the yellow. Uh, Matt McMurray, in addition to Algarve Pro Racing, quite late on this weekend, taking over from Atta de Jong. Uh, but it's the other, the two other familiar drivers. I mean, Matt McMurray is no stranger to the team and has raced with them in the past. Taxon, Kim and Mark Patterson being the other drivers for 25, but they will obviously take part in the race rather than qualifying. Aurelian Palace is here and uh, at the wheel of the 27 then to qualify that. Paul-Luc Chatin installed in car 28. Pansy Tichy I've told you about. It's Konstantin Tereshenko driving the AVF. Delara, car number 30. Hugo de Sadelier driving United Autosports Ligier. And then we've got James Allen in the G-Drive car. Much repaired Orica there, number 40. Felipe Nazar in the Cetelavi-Lorba Corsa Delara. The other Delara, which is high-class racing's machine, now yellow and black. And yet Anders Fjordback driving that. Philippe Albuquerque in United Autosports Ligier. And Jean-Éric Verne in the championship leading G-Drive Orica number 26 and as more and more cars join the session we still haven't seen yet 31 and 39 for APR Rebellion Racing and for Graf yeah, the second Graf car I'm afraid also damaged in free practice too this morning uh, Tris Gomondi caught out when the, the very heavy rain came under braking at La Source pulling the car into the wall but uh, that looked to be pretty well under control I came by. We've now got the number 31 car, the APR Rebellion uh, Orica, joining the session, and it is Gustavo Menezes, man who sits second in the FI World Endurance Championship, Drivers' Championship, courtesy of that remarkable uh, double disqualification for the Toyota team at Silverstone, which Rebellion Racing in the hunt. And uh, this car, APR with Rebellion Racing, APR being, of course, Algarve Pro, that's Gustavo Menezes. Uh, flying the Swiss flag there, driver, to rebellion retained driver at that. As the cars make their way round to start what will be the flying laps that matter in this 12-minute qualifying session. So the first car to come around will be, well, we said 29, the Duquesne engineering car was, was. the first. Yep. And that fits just about, I think. Although, after came backed off on this lap, maybe to get a bit of space. No, I think uh, Nelson Pansy teaching wasting no time at all. Now, there is a car ahead of him, yes. but I think that's the 31. Yes, it is. Who's only just joined the session. 
So that might cause a problem towards the end, but Gustavo Menezes, I'm sure, will keep a keen eye on the rearview mirror and uh, give Pansy Ticci a bit of room. The second lap for car 40 is going to be deleted already because of track limits at turn four, which is on the exit of Radion Corner. It's a big, big lock-up from Ben Hanley. In the Kimmel Straits, and uh, that would have done very many favours. So, yes, um, Gustavo Menezes uh, just ahead of the first car out of the pits. Still to see yet the 39 Graf Racing car. Just eight minutes remaining. A lot of time to wait and see how this session is going to emerge. Here comes Nelson Pantitici then with the car hopping around all over the place, but he kept control of it. This is an Orica, and a very sideways as well, coming out of the bus stop chicane. Not really known that chassis for porpoising an awful lot, but over the line it goes. It's a 201.932. Immediately behind it on the road is Will Stevens in a Ligier, and faster than both of them, Paulie Chatin for Hedex Sport in car 28. So Chatin at 28 fastest from Pansy Ticci, Will Stevens in 23 third fastest. Hugo de, de Sadalia goes fourth fastest with Ben Hanley's time, obviously affected by that big lock up at the end of the Kemmel uh, sixth quickest for the Brit so two cars, three cars now into the 201s Norman Nato splits the two, the gap at the top of tubbing the scoring is two thousandths of a second between Paul Lubchatan in the 28 Edex Sports Orica, Norman Nato in the 24 Racing Engineering car 201.809 plays 201.811 then Nelson Panziatici who might well have lost the opportunity for that uh, that provisional pole position with that slide through the final turn 201.932 then we've got the first of the non uh, Orica's Will Stevens with a 202.679 uh, in the uh, Panis Bartes Ligier that mark though is beaten by Felipe Albuquerque goes third quickest another man in the 201s 201.927 tenth of a second off the provisional pole puts him third but puts him ahead of uh, Nelson Panziatici uh, to the top though and by a distance guess who Jean-Eric Venn 2 minutes .937 for the number 26 G-Drive racing car 9 tenths of a second all but that smidge uh, to the good for the dominant championship leaders at the moment Jean-Eric Venn 2 minutes .937 plays to a 1.809 that puts us way quicker than last year's pole position which was a 202.457 for the Dragon Speed car that would have been Lapierre, Lapierre or Hanley setting the time. Jean-Éric Verne, though, uh, is what a second and a half faster than that as Gustavo Menezes in that car, number 31, has now slotted between Jean-Éric Verne and Nelson Pantiatici. And Paulu Chatin goes quicker than the Californian driver as well, but not quicker than Frenchman Verne. So it's a 201.5 for Chatin, a 201.6 for Menezes, and a 201.7 from Pantiatici, which stood from his opening lap. Well, what is it? It's uh, five cars separated by four tenths of a second, squabbling over second, but still six tenths of a second to the good is Jean-Éric Verne. So everybody improving, but they've got a gap to fill here, and quite a substantial one. At the moment, it's filled by the void that separates Jean-Éric Verne's time in this session from everybody else. Yeah, over half a second between Verne and Paulie Chatter for G-Drive Racing and Edex Sport, respectively. Ben Hanley, by the way, is part of a gaggle of cars that have actually opted to pit, and that might well be 
wonder if he's got a flat spot well done from that uh, big lock up at the end of the Kemmel Strait looking for where the improvements are going to come Philippe Albuquerque uh, is pitted too so G-Drive from Edex Sports 28 car the APR Rebellion 31 Duquesne Engineering Racing Engineering the top 5 all those cars in the 201s apart from Verne who is in the 2 minutes point nine. Vern pits now as well, so he's not looking to improve here. This is going to be a quick turnaround. I think he probably thinks, Johnny, he's done enough there. Well, and who can blame him, frankly, because 0.575 a second is the cushion back to everybody else. Leading the championship, setting this session to extend their lead then by a further point to make it 35. Back to Racing Engineering, who are struggling a little bit in this session, only fifth fastest. Third in the championship and second in this session, car 28. So they're trying to do their job as best they can. And a new front end and side, it looks like, for car 40. So carrying the G-Drive sponsorship on some of the panels. But that's been a new nose then for car number 40, driven by Aussie James Allen, who now turns right and left. Yeah, and he's got to improve here because this is realistically his first attempt at a proper flying lap. And he is going to pop up exactly where. Uh, just 10th for James Allen. So oh yes, because he's been pinged that lap, that's wow. why. So track limits at turn nine. So James Allen again gets uh, another slap on the wrist. It's at least the second lap that uh, the has been docked for track limits. And you might have caught a glimpse in the background of that shot as James Allen came across the line of Norman Natto tucking into the pit lane. So Natto out of the session. They are changing Dunlop tyres on this car. Uh, two and three quarter minutes still to go. So is this more of a dummy pit stop to just... Yeah, I think it is, actually, just to pretend that that was in a race format and get a bit of practice uh, for the crews. And that will be end of session for car 24. We're not going to be able to get out and put in a flying lap with only two and a half minutes to go. I think I would I'd quantify that lap from John McFerrin as simply demoralising for the rest. <laughs> it was so competent and so uh, demonstrably quicker than anybody else could achieve at that point that even while they were battling around uh, the... You know, the squabbling group behind him, they were battling around for a tenth, a tenth and a half, maximum two tenths, and I'm afraid the mountain was rather higher than that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Racing Engineering have sent their Orica back out again, and there are five cars now, all on an outlap and all around about the Bruxelles Speaker's Corner sort of area. Actually, Jean-Éric Verne is much further round the lap than that. He's just heading through Curve Paul Frere now at turn 15. So Jean-Éric Verne certainly will squeeze one more lap out of this. Out of Campus Corner comes number 47, which is the Villorba Corsa entry for Felipe Nazar. There are, though, some quick men still out there, and quick men with progress that they need to make. Will Stevens is not going to be happy with eighth position on the grid so far for the Panis Bartis competition. Ligier, the Michelin shot car, has been right up at the sharp end in qualifying this year. Uh, Konstantin Tereshenko is, if anything, quicker, certainly in the first sector, than the uh, the Ligier ahead. He's currently sitting ninth and going quickly. And also Ben Hanley, way, way down after that big lock-up and a pit stop. Twelfth quickest only in the Dragon Speed car. He's going to want to put that car further up the grid. Felipe Nasser properly messed up the bus-up chicane. It was a little bit wide here coming out of Campus Corner, but I thought for a moment he was being called into the pit lane. Actually, he was just trying to arrest a massive slide from the rear of car 47, and he's continued on, but lost a lot of time in that final sector. 
about two seconds actually for the Brazilian driver they'll get one more bite of the cherry 30 seconds to go here's number 32 from United Autosports again a little bit of ground to make up here for the car driven by Swiss Hugo de Sadelier and all of these cars will get one more lap out of the session with 20 seconds there. Improvement for Ben Hanley. Ben Hanley and the Sadler improved. So does Tereshenko. Uh, Sadler briefly up to seventh. That drops back down to ninth as Hanley and Tereshenko leapfrog him. They will get another lap if they want it. Uh, just a few seconds still left on the clock. And the next car through to receive the chequered flag will be Anders Fjordback in the high-class racing Delara. So number 49 about to end the session. There's a bit of bodywork sitting on the track at a Rally on corner. That is an corner. APR car. That Flexbox is... sponsorship. Yes. So 31 or 25 are we looking for? There's the chequered flag, and it is Fjordback over the line. Oh, hopping its way over Rally on oh, corner. The, it was the it was the 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 full uh, engine cover ripped off. Yes. So it, it hit the curb. And that's damaged the right-hand wheel, uh, rear wheel cover, but it, 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 uh, we saw the entire engine cover leapfrog. Felipe Albuquerque has gone to pole. Goodness Felipe me. Albuquerque has gone to pole position. Despite yellow flags, it turns one, two, three, and he four. He was way clear of that. He was way clear of well, that. It, obviously, because he was in the final bit of the lap, but there are yellow flags because of this bit of debris, and that's going to be... Jorinic Fern, in the death of the session, beats that. Wow. By just under two-tenths of a second. So, Philip Albuquerque, thinking he got the job done for he and Phil Hansen, through the affected area where this debris has ended up from Matt McMurray's car. But Sean-Eric Verne was also in the clear. And nobody, surely, will have the opportunity to improve now because of the caution in the early part of the lap, Graham. Well, while we're all watching bodywork going north from uh, at uh, Radion, what was happening on track was Jean-Eric Verne had come back out. He'd seen the potential threat from others, including Philippe Albuquerque. Albuquerque put in the fastest middle sector of the session, as Pensiatici, by the way, goes third quickest right at the end of the session. Uh, Eric, uh, Jean-Eric Verne, though, whilst not quite as quick in the middle sector, was much quicker in the first sector and much quicker again uh, in the final sector. Takes it by 0.177 a second. That between two teams, G-Drive United Autosports, two chassis, the Orica and the Ligier, and let's not forget two tyre manufacturers. That could have been Michelin on pole for United Autosports. It's not, because unless something utterly dramatic happens in the final seconds from Norman Natto, and it's not going to, uh, that puts uh, Jean-Eric Verne with the Dunlop Shaw G-Drive Orica onto pole position. And amazingly, for such a dominant championship leading car, that's the first pole of the year for Roman Rusinov, Andrea Pizzitola, and John Eric Verne. So they are quicker than Philippe Albuquerque in his Ligier for United Autosports. A two minutes point nine for the Portuguese, two minutes point seven for John Eric Verne. Nelson Patsy Tici also improved very late on in the session, so he must have been through turns one, two, three, and four before the yellows came out. Nelson Patsy Tici puts the Duquesne Engineering car third fastest and Duquesne would be far better off in the championship were it not for that disqualification that came at Red Bull Ring G-Drive Racing then with a first pole of the year to take 
the best starting place in the LMP2 category by 0.177 of a second over Philippe Albuquerque's United Order Sports. Ligier Duquesne qualify third ahead of Edex Sports, second in the championship and fifth position for number 31, the APR Gustavo Menezes driven car. Norman Nato for Racing Engineering, sixth fastest ahead of Ben Hanley for Dragon Speed. Konstantin Tereshenko for AVF by Adrian Viers. Ninth fastest was number 32, the United Order Sports car of Hugo de Sadelier and Will Stevens for Panes Bartis Competition complete the top 10. Matt McMurray did get around minus that bodywork and we didn't at any point see the number 39 car from Graf which was damaged this morning. I should say Matt McMurray did remarkably well keep that car on track actually uh, and by the way what you're looking at here is something we're about to see lapping in public for the very first time. Uh, ladies and gentlemen the dawning of the hydrogen era mm. is about to happen. This is the H24 project car uh, with the uh, Green GT team. Emits nothing but water, is that right, Graham? We, I believe so. We saw the car, didn't we, John? We arrived at the circuit yesterday doing a kind of undercover lap. But yes. uh, we'll hear more about this. Keep an eye on Delhi Sports Car and other outlets in the coming hours. But let's hear from Roman Rusin off now with Charlie George. It's the first pole of the year for G-Drive Racing. Well, Roman, it was a little bit nail-biting at the end, but he got the job done, didn't he? Yeah, quite incredible. We knew that uh, Albuquerque can do a really good lap with Michelin, especially here. So we put a second set of tires to try to, to fight for the pole position, and Jean-Rick did an incredible job, so we're in pole. I think it's the record in LMP2 here in spa france so we're pretty happy. We hope that tomorrow we can race because of when it's true about the weather so let's see how it's going to be tomorrow but for sure it's a good start of the weekend and the first pole of the season for you guys yeah you know your season we still have two races to go so let's first have a race tomorrow and have fun and then at the end of the day it's what we are looking for thank you thank you well, they've extended their championship lead a little bit. It now goes to 35 points. Can they make it four wins in a row then and seal the championship? A win in tomorrow's race would be just about enough for Roman Rusinov, who was the first ever Le Mans Series champion back in 2004 when he was racing in the GT category. And actually, this weekend, we reached race 75 in the long history of the European Le Mans Series stroke Le Mans series. It's a bit of a momentous occasion then here in 2018. Be sure to join us tomorrow for all of the action. It's a 12.30 local time start through till 4.30 tomorrow afternoon. My thanks to Graham Goodwin of dailysportscar.com. From Johnny Palmer, it's bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at radiolemans.com.